who are you? And what are you doing on my screen right now? No. We did not introduce ourselves very well. I'm Alvika, and you and I are here to talk. Hold the phones. Hold the literal phones. I thought you were M. How about I call myself Vika? Because that's, like, natural for you to say, right? You call yourself whatever you want. This is a safe space. No, no. However, I am keeping all of this in, so everyone will know your name is now Vika. Okay, whatever. I have I have sent you an email with my topics, and you have sent me an email with your topics. Don't read them yet. I'm not going to read them. Okay. I'm Malavika. I'm here with my lovely friend, Nick Tyler. Yeah, so the we have already shifted things around since the last time I recorded in terms of having a different name for this podcast or whatever this is. Um, real life, alphabetically, with, of course, a comma in there because punctuation is important. Grammar, very important. It's it's key. It's vital. I don't like that Blather isn't in the title because I feel like that's what I'm best at, but it's just a better title. Fair. Fair. I thought it sounded more adult. It does sound more adult, even though I am less adult. So I have not looked, so we have emailed each other our, this is episode B, I guess I should probably Yes, that. yes. Um, if you're hearing this, you probably heard episode A and... We appreciate you. Love you. You're the best. Um, I guess it's time to read each other's emails. I already know that you have done in-depth bullet points for your topics again, and I have done none. I have That's, just a list. There's no bullet points. Yeah, I mean, there are bullet points, but it's just like, you know, what I was thinking about it. You know, topics are large. I, I keep those in my head because I like to make things up on the spot. So... Well, you have memory, and I don't. I do. My memory is like, shit. But we'll get to that in episode M. Okay. All right. Are you ready to look at these lists? I'm ready. All right. Let's do it. We almost had a crossover. Jesus Christ. We we have some similar ones here. Yeah, we certainly do. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, we have, like, some really similar ones. (laughs) We did we did at least the same like number of topics this time. Oh, that's good. Yeah. That's an important thing. You have done much more. I I wrote these down. Like I've had these in my mind for the last couple of days that we've been almost recording, but um you have certainly written a lot more, which is good. Um would you like to start off with a topic? What would you like to start talking about? You know, I feel bad. We have a couple crossover topics, so... You want to get those out of the way first? Yeah. Okay. Let's do that. What do you want to start with? Birthing. Okay. And you have babies, I have, and I, I have, have birthing, which are very related, I feel. They're related. I, I think it's pretty representative of who you are and who I am, that you would put birthing and I would put babies. <laughs> That's... <laughs> but please, please, You're right. You go ahead first. Um, so I am actually in medical school and my specialty will be OBGYN and it, uh, and so I've spent some time on the labor and delivery unit in the hospitals and birth is kind of a crazy process. Like the whole process of being pregnant puts you into this 
very interesting physiologic state, which I won't get into. Um, but it can really do a lot of interesting things to your body, like you like permanently change your shoe size or how your body looks or how you feel, which you know is fascinating in and of itself when you think from like a biological standpoint. But birthing itself, it's I think people it's like a notoriously stressful environment i know it's supposed to be this like beautiful miracle of life and all that but like in truth it's a lot of people like in pain that we can't really give a lot of pain medication or relief to because there's only one way to make it stop and that's to push it out or cut it out or hope for the best (laughs) get this creature out of me yeah and when they come out they look like creatures it's great so i just wanted to acknowledge that i will say it's not my favorite part of the kind of I don't know, experience of womanhood. I don't think it's necessarily the most important thing. Yeah. Um, Yeah. I don't know. So I had babies on my list for a different reason. Yeah. Tell me, tell me your related reason. Do you want kids? Ooh, you know, recently I've been on the fence about kids for the last like decade or so. That's fair. And, I think in that's the last, pretty generation. I mean, that's pretty. That's a, that's a common thing with our generation. I don't think that's. Maybe it's like fifty-fifty. I feel much, like most people so I know previous, much more so than previous generations. Sure. I think in the last, actually, just few months, last like six months, I feel like if I didn't try for a kid, that I would regret that decision. Um, that's fair. And so, interestingly, it actually makes me less happy. (laughs) Really? Because now that I'm in my 30s, like, before when I was kind of like, well, you don't really know if you want a kid. Like, you can, you have, you know, when I was 25, it's like, well, you can decide later. And then I was like, well, I'll decide when I'm 30. And then 30 hit. And now I'm like, well, now you're actually starting to get into the time where, like, you got to make some decisions. Um, Not that people can't have kids later on and, and all that stuff. Uh, but it, it does become harder both on you and, you know, just your general health and all that. Um, yeah, so I feel more stressed because now I feel like I have some sort of time limit or a timeline for my life. Um, and I don't like it. <laughs> but, but gun to your head right now, where do you fall on it? Yeah, I think I want a kid. The problem is you can't you can't have one. Well, you're an only child, so I don't know. I'm I, a hybrid I, only child and youngest because I had two step siblings that I grew up around since I was like two. So to me, it was no different when I was with my mother. Yeah, I feel like I would have to have two kids because I wouldn't want to have one kid and have them be alone and sad. I don't know. It's what I assume all only children are like. I know that's not true, but like that's just my perception of it. There's still a fair amount of that. Well. <laughs> I mean, I know people that aren't only children that are sad and lonely, and I know only children that are sad and lonely, so I I, I can't speak to that part. Um, I've always wanted kids. Mm -hmm. I've always wanted kid. (laughs) Maybe the more accurate (laughs) way to put it. Um, At least one. Just, like, I've always felt that... I don't even know how to describe it. That I want to do better than my parents did, who did better than their parents and did better than their parents and, you know, pass on my genes and pass on what I've learned and, pass, you know, that kind of propagate the species pull, which I know is a very lizard brain kind of way of looking at it. I have always felt that pull, though. 
um, from I think that's the. That's so interesting. Uh, maybe I, I just I. It's just always been there for me. Like ever since I can yeah. remember, I've felt that specific part of it. Um, I also have the other side of like. I like kids, and I think any kid that I had would probably be pretty cool. Um, I was a pretty that's great what I'm kid. Afraid of. <laughs> Like, I was super chill as a kid. Like, I I was a very easy kid to raise. And uh, it, not that, you know, that has an impact on who you turn out to be necessarily or, or all of that. But, like, I can, I can picture myself having the white picket fence and the wife and the, you know, a kid or two that we are that little, you know, nuclear family of, you know, 1950s America, I suppose. But but, there's nothing wrong with that, no. you know? You don't need to be in a polyamorous household with no, like that. co-parenting with no. two different couples. You don't need to do that. No if you don't want it. with kids. No. Yeah. I know. I actually was watching a YouTube channel where they were talking about like their, I don't know, situation. It was it was a very interesting perspective. It it wasn't for me, but yeah, yeah. I said yeah to that. Um, but yeah, I mean, I it's been a a point of contention in some relationships I've had. It's been a point of agreement on other relationships I've had of, of like what the end state or the middle state, I guess, is probably a more accurate. You know, if you get to that hurdle of getting married and, and planning your life together, what does the child aspect of it look like? And I've experienced both of where you are in full, complete agreement on that and where you are on total opposite sides and one of you needs to either convince the other or, you know, things don't necessarily always work out that way. I think a lot of people I see now from this 28 to kind of 33 range seem to be having kids now. Um, or, like, heading in that direction for sure. Yeah. And I don't see... And, you know, I'm always impressed when 22 year Like, my mom had me when she was 21, that's like a child raising a child. I have no idea how she did it. <laughs> like, no idea. Yeah. You, Me at 21 you I, could not. You and I lived together at 21, actually. Yeah. Can you imagine, like, us having a kid? Like, either one of us having a kid with our respective partners at that time. Like, Can you imagine us having a kid at that time? <laughs> that one's a little more, less likely, I suppose. Um, but, no, I, I agree. I mean, my mom had me at 25. Both my parents were 25 when I was born. Um, I've got five years on that, and I'm not, I don't exactly have prospects right now of, uh, you know, the, my grandmother asked me this evening, um, excuse me, uh, how did she phrase it? She said, how do you plan to meet women? <laughs> <laughs> That's what you always want, some, like, person you have to ask. And it, and it comes from, it comes from, I know, I, I that's a great phrase. It comes from Very a place direct. of of not even the procreation or the kid aspect of it. Um, from her, it's more of a like she wants me to be happy kind of thing. But yeah. she's a very she's a very direct woman. She's a very uh, she doesn't pull punches, which yeah. I love about her. But I of course my answer was well, it's you know it. it it's more complicated than it seems, and there's always things going on that not everyone knows about. You know, the, the standard. Um, I'm not someone that shares a lot on social media or tells a lot of people what's going on in my life. To be to be quite frank on that, which is 
kind of funny to then have a podcast where you talk about things. But um, I, you know, I just, you know, like there's, I, I have met people and I have had feelings and relationships and things start and things end and life goes on. But it sounds like that's something you realize you really want and like, would you potentially actually, actually filter people on that from now on knowing that you really do feel that strongly about it? I already have. Yeah. That's interesting. I already have. I, in two ways, um, I don't, and maybe this is prejudicial of, of this day and age. I don't, I don't know, but I don't necessarily want to be with someone that already has kids. I think that's fair. Um, well, I, I don't know. Maybe it's not. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's that's how I feel about it. I have no <laughs> idea anymore. It makes total sense, except for maybe it's also bad of me because for, you know for many reasons. But um, I don't want to be like I'm. I'm at a point in my life where I don't feel like I'm ready to be a father right now, as it stands. I'm. I'm not ready to be a yeah, father. Yeah, you want the lead in. That's fine. Right. The same way. I don't want. Right. I had a nightmare about getting pregnant. I'm not ready to have a kid immediately. That scares the hell out of me. The other part of it is that I have also filtered people that have, there's been some interest, kind of, but they are they were, I will never have a child. And not biologically, not that it was a you know medical issue or something like that. Yeah. They were, no kids, take yeah. out my uterus now, uh, never going to happen. And, yeah, I mean, and if you know that's who you are, it's like, it can be a huge point of contention. Do you have anything else to speak about on this topic? I do not. Okay. Which topic is next? Um, crossovers? I think we had bad romance. You had bad romance and I had books. <laughs> is those bad romance? Not, those are not okay. Okay. even remotely. In no way when I wrote bad romance did I, I have sure. anything to do from a literary perspective. Okay. I have a quick one. Okay. How about that? <laughs> Okay, so there's an Instagram of a bake shop called Buttercream Bakery, and it's just gorgeous if you have a chance to look it up. They do. Um, they use buttercream frosting, and they paint on the cakes, so it looks like you're, you know, the cakes look like they've been watercolored, or not watercolored, more like oil paintings. Um, and it's just, yeah, yeah, it's really pretty if you want something very unique, like I'm sure their cakes cost a unique price as well. <laughs> um, but it's just amazing, like, what you can do with the creativity. And I know most people, not most people, I feel that often we blame social media for a lot of the problems in our life, and I think there are a lot of problems with social media. But I'm not sure social media is not inherently evil. I think it's how you use it. And I think the positive things about social media is that, like, I get to see this bakery in, like, you know, freaking Australia that's doing this amazing art artwork, essentially. Um, I think but yeah. you can make the case that um, how you feel about humanity is probably how you also feel about social media, meaning that if you think people are inherently evil, that you probably think social media is inherently evil. But it, it comes down more to the, you know, what you see as the... Um, the guiding force of the masses. Uh, I, I agree. Hmm. I think social media does a lot of good things and a lot of pretty awful things. Um, I think it is like most technological breakthroughs, 
um, kind of like the internet was for us, I think it can be kind of damaging to the younger generation that's growing up while it's not fully understood. That's fair. I remember AOL Instant Messenger, AOL yeah. IM. Uh, yeah. I had some run-ins with it in middle school that I think very deeply impacted me such that I'm very cautious with how, with how I use all these technologies. So maybe I, everyone has to go through that experience. I don't know. But you're right. I, I guess I don't consider that. It's a more intense experience when it's a whole Instagram account and, and that kind of thing versus back in our day of you know AOL Instant Messenger where it was just your little screen name and chatting with people by text. Like, like most things, it has deepened considerably. And now, if you know someone's Instagram handle, you can find their whole goddamn life. Yeah, I think there was a lot of sketchy things on the internet even back then. I remember a lot oh, of I was chat room nonsensing. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh no. Oh yeah, I've, I've been a I've been a, unfortunately a degenerate for the majority of my life, so I'm yeah, familiar. <laughs> but uh, I, I just I just see it as the same sort of thing of you know you need to protect yourself. You make sure you know what you're trying to get from it and, you know, use it responsibly like anything else. Yeah. Tell me your next topic. All right. Um, I want you to tell me about boasting. That's my topic. <laughs> I know. I just picked it because I liked it. So I tend to be often very critical of myself in a way that makes me feel bad but then a lot of times I still that's, make the same mistakes. <laughs> that's underselling it at a major level. You are hypercritical of yourself. I am somewhat critical of myself. And I think, like, you know, when I feel like I'm doing poorly, I try harder. I think some people have that drive a lot more. I think, like, mine is particularly negative because a lot of times it just makes me sad as opposed to motivated. It's a negative feedback loop. I'm doing terrible. This is the worst. And then yeah. that makes you do more terrible. Yeah, exactly. Um, and I think, like, I am in a life, I think, a generally confident person. I think where I have a lot of my insecurities is more in my professional life and, like, how I perceive my professional life successfully or unsuccessfully. Um, and I have been in a situation where you're too honest, like, I'm too honest with people, whether, <laughs> where they will be like, you know, what are some things you can work on? And then I'm like, you know, I'm doing terribly. I need to improve at X, Y, Z, blah, blah, blah. And the truth is, like, objectively, I was probably doing fine. You know, maybe I wasn't at the 99th percentile, but I certainly wasn't hitting the Ds and C range. <laughs> right. And then, you know, that shows up on my feedback evaluations and, like, you know, I get worse grades because then that's how they perceive you. Sure. So you can't. You know, and but at the same time, I'm not going to be like, everything's going well. I'm amazing. I'm the best person you've ever had come through here. So so what you're saying is you don't know how to boast or don't boast at all. I think I go through, um, I like I said, I feel like I'm, for some reason, in my personal life, like when I'm talking to people or meeting people for the first time, I feel like, by and large, I can, like, figure out the level of, like, wow, that, you know, try to get them to think, wow, that girl seems interesting or nice, mm -hmm. versus in my professional setting, I think I either, I tend to just, I, I want to. I hesitate to say undersell because I feel like that makes me seem like I'm a great product and you know, I'm not selling it. But like, I think sometimes I become so critical of myself and I give people ammunition to use against me. 
And there is an art to critiquing yourself and recognizing your flaws and like what you can take away from other people telling you, giving you feedback. Um, there's an art to it. And I think that's something that's hard for yeah. me. Yeah. I, knowing you pretty well, I would agree with that. I don't know that I've ever heard you say anything that I would find to be boastful ever. Um, I'm the best at boasting. No one has ever boasted as well as I have boasted. Uh, I'm actually the champion no. boaster. No. If only, if only you could teach it. Yeah, right. It's so high uh, level, you can't teach anymore. Boasting ain't a problem for me. Uh, just I, you and I are opposites in that my personal life is the one in which I would have the more trouble saying that I feel settled. Uh, my professional life is unimpeachable. Like, well, you're I, I, very smart. Uh, even beyond like smart or whatever. No, you're very my, personable and you're very intelligent. That's a good combination for your field. Again, loving these compliments. I like to consider myself pretty self-aware. Yeah, I, that's important in this. I know my strengths. I know my weaknesses. I know how to hide my weaknesses in a veil of honesty. Um, I don't lie about myself. I don't lie no. about any anything like that. But I know how to make myself sound better while being fully and completely even more honest than most people expect. It's just something I've always been able to do, which is why I'm pretty solid in an interview setting because I can answer their question and I can be humble and I, you know, believe it or not, I do have humility within me somewhere. Um, but it's all about like approach and word choice and the nonverbal cues that you use in a situation like that, which is why I am shit at phone interviews. <laughs> That's interesting. Uh, it's, it's, I got better over time. Uh, when I first got out of college, I had a couple phone interviews that went nowhere. Mm-hmm. And then I had like one or two uh, early in my federal career that kind of the same thing. The job I have now, actually, I got through a phone interview, but it's only because I had been on the phone so long that then I had developed, like, a phone voice. And I had ah. developed a way, you know, knowing how to tell a story over a phone, which is different than telling a story in person, that kind of thing. Um, it's like anything That's else. It's, it's a skill to just develop. But, yeah, I uh, have no problem with boasting. Yeah. Um, I guess I'll pull something off of my list. We do have another crossover. You have bad day or bad days. Yeah. I have bad moods. Um, that is, I think, in the same vein of when you're having a bad day, when you're in a bad mood, when you're in you know, a bad yeah. state, how do you get out of it? How do you manifest positivity, that, that kind of thing? So yeah. if you have had a shit day, as I call them, mm. many of them are, uh, what do you do to, to try to break free of it? I mean, they just suck. <laughs> they suck. They take the life out of you. They make you feel, oh, my friend had a good way to describe it, scooped out like an avocado, <laughs> leaving like a withered Yikes. behind. Yikes. And, but like, I was like, yeah, that's because I, I felt that like that emptiness. Um, I definitely like to decompress with people. Sometimes you just need to talk over the problem because I'm a very action-oriented person. And generally for me, things go badly if I screw up or someone has, you know, 
fucked me over for lack of a better term. Mm -hmm. And so being able to talk about that is useful because then I can, you know, theoretically try and prevent it or not make the same mistakes or have a plan to fix whatever fuck up happened. Um, and, and like, you know, I rationally recognize that things wax and wane. You'll have good days and bad days. I do crave stability. <laughs> I am tired. That's one way of to put it. I, you know, I had a pretty hard year last year and just over time, it was just like every time I was like, oh, I'm finally like dragging myself out of this hole. It's like, it'd be like something else would happen. I'd just be like, someone stomped on my hand and I'd fall right back in. <laughs> right. And it's, it's been hard. And honestly, I had a shit day yesterday. I got a lot of news that was just not what I, like not. It's not what I wanted to hear and, like, wasn't totally sure how to react to. Yeah. And it sucked. And it was hard to focus on things I actually needed to get done that were important. Um, so I think how I deal with bad days and bad moods are a little bit different. And, like, yeah, I'll go work out. I'll, I, I engage in escapism. I like reading. I'll watch TV. I'll... I had a drink to take the edge off. I'm not sure if that makes me an alcoholic. It, it doesn't, but you know, <laughs> I had three drinks to take the edge off <laughs> and then I was fine. Um, Kids, if you're listening to this, uh, please drink responsibly. <laughs> um, but yeah, what, what do you do for a bad day specifically? Um, how do you react to it? Not well. Uh, I rarely have professionally bad days. Um, I, I'll have a lot of stressed, you know, professionally stressful days, that kind of thing. Um, in January, I had the professionally worst day mm-hmm. where um, I was presenting something that I'd been working on for like eight months to the person that we needed to green light it to, to go to like the last stage before it yeah. gets funded. And he basically took a steaming dump on me personally for, for like 30 minutes of the 45 minute meeting. Um, it was rough, and I took it very personally. Um, he was very personal and very negative from the beginning of it, even to the mm-hmm. point where, like, my boss's boss was like, wow, he was a real douche. Um, mm. and, you know, that kind of thing. And when yeah. you're hearing that from your boss's boss, it's like, oh, I'm glad it wasn't just me taking that personally. Yeah. He was really a piece of shit in this meeting. Yeah. Um, that I, I, and I'll freely admit, I was at the edge of tears at that. That's how, like, angry yeah. and stressed and, like, yeah. wound I became of it. Because at the same time, like, I had to be answering questions to him. And, he, that, and mm-hmm. you know, he was like, I don't even want to look at your numbers. You made these numbers up. These numbers are fake. Why should I even go through this? Just go to the next slide. Just go to the next. I'm not even, you know, where did you get these? These mean nothing. Like, dude. At least let me go through them so I can explain to you why they mean, you know, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, how did I deal with that day? Not well. I had uh, a few drinks immediately after work, and um, I was already having a personally bad time. Um, there, I was not getting the reaction I wanted to from someone that I wanted to be getting a better reaction from. Mm-hmm. And uh, that just put me at a place of, like, Wow, I'm at the fulcrum where personal and professional both are really shit today. Um, talking it out 
always helps me. I am not like you. I don't necessarily like to be around a lot of people or people in general. There's a very, very, very short list of people that I am willing to be around in that level of a mood. I have a longer list of people than you, but yeah, it's not everyone that I want to talk to. <laughs> it's like four people for me. Yeah, like, mine is a much longer list. Um, you are on that list, though, so hey, oh, congratulations. Thank you. But le- legitimately, like I, that is when I am the least shielded, when all of my social abilities are just depleted to zero. Mm-hmm. I don't want to be a, I don't want to be a conversational glue like I am in some situations. Yeah. I don't have to be, you know, on. As it were, mm-hmm. um, what gets me back um, a few things. There is a single video. Um, it's my brother, my brother, and me. Those mm-hmm. wonderful, beautiful McElroy boys. Um, it is Justin does a radio break from their short-lived TV show that they did. Yeah. That video. It's like two and a half, three minutes, something like that. Without fail, it makes me laugh. Even just thinking, even right now, like I can't restrain myself. It makes me. I don't think I've seen it. I'll look it up after this. It is genius. It is gold. It is the. It just is what I like. Uh, The other thing that helps me, and I didn't find this out until 2018 about myself. um, Feeling creative is the only real like, long-term solution I have to that, like, darkness, that horrible shit feeling. Um, I can channel those shitty feelings into writing. I can channel those shitty feelings into, you know, trying to make something from nothing. Uh, Writing is really the only arena I have for that. Mm -hmm. But um, I found that Many, I've written some short stories over the last two years or so, and most of them, if not all of them, have been written when I was in the foulest of foul moods, because that's the only time I've been able to, like, force myself to write, because I didn't want to dwell in the reality of the situation. Um, but yeah, I, I find that doing something creative or something that I have some semblance of pride about can be what brings me back from it, but that it doesn't happen often. That you know, usually I just kind of wallow in it and play a game, watch a movie, have a drink, whatever, yeah. and go to bed angry and hope tomorrow's better. Yeah, I when I used to write more, my best writing was when I was very sad. But there's like a particular type of like sad anger that is good for writing. Like you said, a lot of times, like it just for me, I have like a very narrow range. I can be motivated to write in um, or do something more creative. And, and I, I feel like one of my outlets is like cooking. So today I made boba from scratch and wow. I like instantly regretted it because I don't know what I'm going to do with like a ton of like very mediocre boba. Cause I've never made it before. And I was like, I think I like kind of fuck this up. <laughs> They're like too big. They're these like giant bits of boba. <laughs> that sounds awful. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, it's fine. Um, right. You'll enjoy it. Yeah, I, I don't know because I don't really drink tea daily. So, but it was a great project, and I actually did do some writing today because I, like I said, just had this kind of like cumulative day of stress for, and um, you know, I was like sad, hung, like had sadness, like a emotional hangover from yesterday. Yeah. Um, 
you know, like just waking up stressed, that kind of thing. And the writing did help. It was a very silly story that I wrote for my friends based on like a experience we had had together. Um, but it was just nice to do and we all could laugh at it and, you know, it wasn't meant to be very good. There's no pressure on me. I mean, I, I think that still speaks to the fact that for you, it was about that social aspect of it. You shared it. You had those laughs. You had, it was a shared experience that you were writing about. Yeah. Um, I think bad days, I tend to reach out more to people. I think bad moods, I internalize a lot more. Interesting distinction between the two. Yeah. For me, I think a bad mood creates a bad day. Yeah, I mean, I think they're, for me, like, I go through, like, have been through phases of, like, you know, slight depression or slightly more severe depression, and that's when it's, like, okay, you need to get out of the house, you need to force yourself to do things, you need to push yourself, because I often feel that my moods and anxieties are based in things that are happening around me or to Mm -hmm. me versus they're more environmentally triggered than just purely, uh, you know, biological phenomena. Right. Um, and, and that's me and that's not everyone, you know, depression is a real thing. Um, mine just happens to be more environmentally triggered. <laughs> so if I can like push myself out of whatever state or get rid of the thing that's making me very unhappy or stressed out, then like, yeah. And it's hard to overcome biology. It just really is. You have to work at it, and it takes a long time. Music also helps me, listening to music. That's something I did today. Today I was. Today wasn't a bad day by any stretch. And in fact, today was mm-hmm. honestly a pretty good day in a lot of ways. I had some good laughs today, some good fun and all that. But I felt some kind of way, to, to use that phrase, um, I felt like I was at the edge of crossing to a kind of a a sadness or like a, a yeah. bad mood. I, I felt on the edge of it. Like so I, yeah. I mean, I, so I, um, I made this mixtape for someone last, yeah, like fuck it was more than a month ago now, um, that I don't think they listened to, but I was immensely proud of it. And I felt, yeah, I, I listened to it today. I've, I've made on Pandora, a playlist of all the songs. When I did the actual mixtape, I did like almost like it was a radio show, little you know minute or two snippets of me talking in between each song, mm-hmm. like introducing the next song and all that. I didn't listen to all that. I, that would have depressed me. But uh, I made a playlist on Pandora of all the actual songs themselves in order, and I listened to that today in full, and it made me feel better. Like I, I still felt that pride of it. Like I, I still felt that. You know, I picked great songs and I picked meaningful yeah. songs, and, yeah. and you know, the the whole of it is it's a really good fucking mixtape, and uh, that did lead me down some thoughts of like, I think I texted to my a friend of mine if I if I made a um, or if somebody sent me a mixtape that was this good and this like personally tailored, I'd be married. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, as, so music that even though it put my mind some places I didn't necessarily want to be. Um, the music itself and the songs I had picked and, and you know, they were some of my favorites and some of, you know, some amazing songs. And uh, it lifted me back out and, and kind of mm-hmm. kept me from 
club many over the edge of that sadness, I suppose. That, and I got to spend some time with some really good friends uh, during and after work today. That that certainly mm-hmm. helped, too. All right. So can I talk about a topic that has intrigued me recently? Is it boys? It can be boys. No, I was at it. What, what has intrigued you recently? Well, it's boys. You were correct. Uh, see? <laughs> I mean, if... <laughs> you have butts on here. I was actually going to put butts, too, but I was like, yeah. don't be crass, Just Malavika. <laughs> different reasons. How about how about you pick that choice and see what we talk about? Okay, we can pick butts. All right. Um, I was probably the only 23-year-old that has had a colonoscopy at this point. Thank you very much. There's, um, you're not the only one, but yeah. It's not the only one. the proud. Generally. <laughs> Um, it's something that people have at 50 plus. And yeah, it is. Um, I find that, how do I want to phrase this? Um, there are parts of the body that you can trust mm-hmm. and there are parts of the body that you can't. And without getting into anything graphic, because I do have IBS. Mm-hmm. Thank you, family. God love you. I have every medical issue my family has ever had. I am the yeah. culmination of all of them. Uh, we talked about that today, my grandmother and I. It's, uh, but um, I am very happy. There was there was a point in my life not so long ago, like five years ago and even less, where my butt was bad. Yeah, I had a bad butt. And it that caused sucks. a lot of other issues that just made my life hell. For a long time, and uh, I was able to hide it very well at work. I was able to almost appear normal when I was at work during that period, but then I would come home and it would just be like I was tortured. And I am immensely happy that I don't live like that anymore. I am immensely happy that I have a non-bad butt. It's just a temperamental butt that I know how to treat, and I know... You know, I know things I'm allergic to, and I know that I'm lactose intolerant, and I know that, you know, all all those kinds of things where um, your butt can be your friend, but you have to treat it with respect, and you have to really get to know it. And that's (laughs) what I had to say about butts. Yeah. Yeah, I guess uh, I can only go two directions off butts, and, like, I could talk about hemorrhoids, but, like, butts not. Butts can definitely go two directions. Yeah, and then, but the the thing that leads into my topic is, um, I guess I like people with cute butts. I like boys with cute butts. Cute butts are great. I'm an ass man myself. Yeah, um, yeah, but, uh, so one of my topics that I wanted to tell you about was, what, taste in boy crushes. Tell me and about And how it has evolved crushes. over the years. <laughs> I can't wait. You know, my mom always asked me this question. She's like, what's your type of boy? I'll find you one, like, back back in the day. I mean, she still Yikes. says it. Yeah. Yikes. And I was like, I don't even know how to answer that question. Like, intelligent, normal? Like, not even intelligent. Like, reasonable? Not crazy? I don't know. Um, she's like, oh. and I think in the Indian culture, um, there's a lot more semi-arranged marriages or just straight-arranged marriages. And so you kind of pick someone who has similar values to you or things you're looking for. So 
which I think is insane because half the people are like, I don't want someone like this. And then I'm like, no, you don't. You hate it when people are like that at you. But they, you know, like, and I'm the same way. I'm like, well, uh, you know, I definitely want someone who can provide this for me. Like, who's like really emotional. But then I totally don't like it. (laughs) On on paper, (laughs) I want someone that's incredibly, you know, intellectual. And then you talk to them and be like, you're the most boring person I've yeah. ever met in my entire or life. Or they're like super arrogant. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, that's okay. I think I'd rather just talk to like hard, some hard pass. But... Yeah. but yeah, I've always found like the, the whole concept of understanding your type to be a little questionable, questionable art. But I think like as I've gone older, there's definitely some characteristics in people that I value more. Like, I don't think it was, like, as clear to me about, like, people who are generally kind and social and put in effort, you know, that's, like, a really good base-level quality to have in any person you hang around in. It's not that people don't have those characteristics. It's just sometimes I think they just don't value those things as much. Sure. And, and like, I think, you know, I've been in a relationship for some years now, and I... How many I, again? What does some translate to? <laughs> like, almost six years. Oh, right, right, right. Yeah, and, you know, we're happy, but, and I think this is, like, healthy and normal, is that you kind of, like, meet new people, and sometimes you get, like, little crushes on them, and I was talking with this with some of my other friends, and they were telling me they they have a lot of work crushes, and I don't tend to crush on people very hard. In fact, I think it's, like, abnormal to crush, but lately my thing is, guys that wear nail polish, I just, like, I don't know if I find it, like, taboo and a little sexy but i'm always like ooh la la like <laughs> like i don't know why it does it for me it doesn't make any sense <laughs> like i mean it's fine i have no real problem with it it's just like a a new thing that i'm very into that i don't and i i don't see it very often among the people that i spend a lot of time with so maybe it's like this novelty um i'm trying to think of even like in pop culture or famous well, people well like I mean, well i think the only one first... i can think of is travis McElroy. Yeah, but uh, Julian of Jenna and Julian, I think oh, right, like, right, I first saw right. it on him. And, like, you know, I like Julian's personality. He seems like a oh, very nice person. Jenna he's Marbles. very silly. He's yeah. very silly. And, and, you know, I respect that because that's part of who I am. Yeah, um, yeah and I, I like it. A little guy liner, I kind of get it now. But before I was always like, oh, that goth look, and which I think is, like, very – this is not what it is. And it was different back then when I was growing up, like, you know, 15 years ago. A little My Chemical Romance. Yeah. Uh, you know, I still listen to My Chemical Romance. It's still so good. <laughs> listen, you're not the only one. I know. Um, but, yeah. You're the, you're the only one on this Skype call that does. <laughs> have your – do you have, like, crushes when you're in relationships or I have. have your tastes evolved? My tastes have Generally. definitely evolved. Um, my tastes in boys have not evolved. Okay, we'll we'll, get, uh, we'll let you do girls. Since no, 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 no. We're gonna we're gonna stick on boys first. Okay. Because I I'm this no I have problems. no I have no problem talking about this topic. Um, <laughs> it, I've never been someone that like if you're attractive, I'll tell you. Like if you yeah, wait, if you look good in a shirt, I tell my friend, you know, one of my best friends, Jevin, he's the most well dressed man I know. You know, tie every day, sweater game on point. I mean, he looked well-groomed. His color matching, everything is fucking perfect. And I will tell him that. I will, like, look at, you know, look at this guy. Yeah, I do that too. You know, I will be the first person to, you know, start giving you compliments if I I feel it, you know, whatever your gender is. I don't don't care one way or the other. Um, I will say 
that I will always and forever have two all-time man crushes or boy crushes. Ooh, if tell me. Uh, I, I mean, anyone that knows me can probably guess one, if not both of them. <laughs> okay. One is David Tennant. He's just, he's, he's my guy. He's my doctor when it comes to Doctor Who. He yeah. is, like, he's got that blend of, first of all, he's got the Scottish accent, which I'm all for and all about. Um, he's, you know, in good shape. He's funny. He's kind. He's a great actor. You know, I, I just, I think he's a very attractive man, that kind mm-hmm. of thing. Um, the other one is Nathan Fillion. Uh, yeah. I think he is just fucking oh, he, he, is, he gets me. <laughs> oh, he gets <laughs> personally. He, like, gets to me. Like he, oh, gotcha. He gets, like, if he comes around, he Chris gets Pine and him. He yeah. 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 Ah, Chris Pine can suck it. I, yeah, I know you don't agree with me, but it's okay. I, lo- I mean, I like Chris Pine. I, yeah. I don't I mean, he's my celebrity crush, still. Uh, Nathan Fillion. Oh, I, I, I mean, I get, I get Nathan Fillion. I definitely, uh, you know... And, and him and Brad Pitt. Brad Pitt just like has just done the aging process very well. <laughs> Brad Pitt in Brad Pitt now, like post um, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, he's regained some something that he lost for a little while. Like he's somehow aged into better than he was <laughs> like five years ago. Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, Brad Pitt was so hot. I I like very I said, fucking attractive. I'm not like the most easily moved person. It it just I just remember turning to like the I was sitting next to my boyfriend and I was just like that man, <laughs> and he was like I get it, Malavika, I get it. Like I, he looked great. <laughs> I mean, DiCaprio looked great too, but listen, they all looked great. But like his level. character, it it was just like that kind of combination of like swagger, but being able to like follow it up. And then, like I said, a little bit of that kindness and, and shit, and I was like, uh. <laughs> Yeah, I agree. Am I supposed to talk about girls now? Is that, do I, is I, that... I mean, I guess you can. Uh, I'll answer your earlier question of yeah. um, crushes in relationships. Yeah. Um, I have had crushes in relationships. Yeah. I have had relationships where I felt comfortable talking about it. Mm-hmm. I have had relationships where I felt like I would be stabbed through the heart and through the penis if I talked about it. That's so interesting uh, to me. Yeah, I certainly prefer the kind of relationship where you can be honest about, like, yeah, uh, such and such looked good, and and there be that trust there of, like, why would I tell you that if I'm going to go fuck this person? Like, I would never, I'm not going to jeopardize, that kind of thing. But Yeah. Uh, trust, we can say for episode T. <laughs> um, crushes in relationships, as long as they're, well, I don't, not, not even put limits on it or to define it too closely, but, you know, attraction is one thing. People get attracted. There are people that I will never meet, that I will never know, that I will never know their name, that I've maybe seen them in passing, that yeah. I've looked at them and been like, God damn, that's the best ass I've seen. Or, yeah, you know, yeah. that kind of thing. Exactly. I'm like, Holy They're attractive. Shit, that woman is gorgeous. Mm-hmm. That doesn't mean that I want to blow up my relationship and go fuck that woman or be with her instead or whatever. Like, I think it's a natural thing to admit. I'll be honest. I don't think I could be in a relationship where I wouldn't be able to share that because it would feel dishonest to me. But that's... I know people are different. In fact, I got into an argument with some friends about this recently in the last year. (laughs) And I, I realized that I was wrong because... 
you know, you can run a relationship in whatever way is best for you. <laughs> Some people have an inherent jealousy that is fine, and they admit to it, and they tell you about it up front, at which point that it is for the best of the relationship to not have those kind of discussions. Not that you're hiding anything, or not that you're being, having secrets or anything like that, but, you know, it's personal preference to say, like, it bothers me if you call someone else hot in front of me, because I want you, to, you know, I want to think that I'm the hottest person, that kind of thing. I may not share that view, but I can yeah. respect that view. Yeah. That's the conclusion I came to after several discussions. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. Yeah. Anything else about boys? No. I'm a boyed out. All right. I'm going to do a quick one. Okay. Buttigieg. <laughs> Talked about him last time, I know. I think I edited some of it out because of uh, uh, I was a little crass in the deleted sections. But all I want to say about Pete Buttigieg is I don't want to make it about him against other candidates or whatever. He's my preferred candidate. I've made that clear. Um, I just don't like the same sort of thing that happened with Clinton in, in 2016. I don't like that we even have to have the conversation of he has he would be the first blank president, mm -hmm. and, and that will impact the, the amount and types of votes he'll get. Yeah. That, it bothers me because I, I just think the dude is great. But that's all I wanted to say. Yeah, I think, um, you know, I feel that right now we hold people to these really weird, impossible standards. Fair. If you're in the public figure, like the public, not the, a public figure, like in the public eye. And I don't get it. <laughs> uh, I'm not saying that you should go out and start murdering people or threatening or saying that you could, you know, walk down to the avenue and shoot someone. <laughs> Maybe not the best idea, but you know, whatever. It's not, that's right. my opinion. Um, and it does bother me when people seem to not treat the people around them well, but I feel like I've gotten to the point where I'm kind of like you, where like, especially after the election of Trump, I realized that my viewpoint matters. Like, if you represent, a, like, on the issues I care about, if we have similar views or your views are rational, and I feel like you're someone who can think through things and play the game well enough to support the greater interest <laughs> that I care about, yep. then I'm like, you know, I also feel that, unfortunately... I'm, like, kind of willing to overlook some personal flaws. <laughs> and I would rather you not be a terrible partner or, <laughs> you know, be distant from your kids or be having secret affairs, definitely. But, like, you're right. It's probably, for especially for political office in particular, it's different with, like, bosses and CEOs and people you might interact with in the day-to-day. -day. That's just oh, like yeah. a different situation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and maybe that's not healthy. But also, I don't I don't know why people are like, well, 10 years ago you said this, and now you're saying this. And I'm like, yeah, maybe you learned some new information and you changed your mind. Like, I don't know why we're not allowed to change our mind or, like, be like, oh, I was wrong. Like, I messed up. And Holy here's, shit. Yeah. Relevant, relevant to exactly what you just said, because I can't – I, I want to interrupt you only because I could not agree more. Um, I watched a day or uh, two days ago on Netflix, hmm. The Two Popes. Oh, good. With, uh, phenomenal. Absolutely okay. phenomenal. Um, Anthony Hopkins and Jonathan Price yeah. as Benedict XVI 
and then um, Francis the mm-hmm. Prince. Which Francis is he? I, can't I don't remember. We just don't yeah. call him Francis, right? Yeah. Um, they have a whole discussion about how Francis, before he becomes the, the new pope, um, he changed some of his views. He was like, okay, well, back in the 70s, you had all the Marxist literature taken out of your libraries and you know, all this you know, dissident stuff taken out of the library. He was like, I absolutely did, and I changed. After I, I see the error of my ways, I should not have done those things. I should not. And the Anthony Hopkins, the, the pope at that time, is like, you compromised. You 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 compromise. You have compromised yourself. And Jonathan Price, the one that becomes Francis, is like, no, I didn't compromise. I changed. They're two different things, and they have a mm-hmm. whole amazing scene based on it. And Interesting. I found myself like I fundamentally agree with that. There, mm-hmm. I, there have been time, times in my life that I have compromised. There have yeah. been times in my life where I've looked back and been like, holy shit, that was a really stupid mistake or a really stupid thing I did. I would not make that same choice. Yeah. And I think that's a really important distinction you bring up of applying that to politics. Of, you know, Joe Biden voting against something in 1978 and Joe Biden in 2020 saying that, you know, I wish I could take that vote back. But look at the 400 other votes that, you know, I've done Mm -hmm. to get Violence Against Women Act and all that kind of stuff. People change and they learn and they grow and you want someone that can grow. Exactly. That's what I don't understand. Yeah, I just, I feel like people, you know, there's this huge movement where it's like mindfulness, understanding yourself, evolving, but no, not when we apply, we only apply it to ourselves, not other people. (laughs) Self-actualization. Yeah, like, it's just like such a weird contradictory thing that I hear from like many different types of people. And like, I'm not going to say that I'm like a particularly enlightened person, but like, I just think it's like stupid to assume that I'll never get it or I'll never learn if I try. Right. (laughs) Because there's been so many things I've changed my mind on. I used to not believe that, um, physical intimacy was an important part of a relationship. I didn't want it. I thought it was unimportant. And, yeah, I don't believe that anymore. That's just not who I am. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, yeah, that's all I have to say about that. All right. I think I've exhausted all that I can talk tonight. <laughs> that doesn't sound like boasting. Yeah, it's boasting. And now, who knows what I'm good at. <laughs> I hope medicine. Uh, I hope so, too. 